Hey there, it's Kelly from Zinimi. Before we get started on today's episode, I want to invite you to one of our greatest trainings ever. It's how to build and grow a profitable solo or group practice sustainably. All you got to do is check it out at zinimi.com slash podcast. All right, on to our episode. Welcome to the Starting Accounting Practice Podcast where we share wonderful success stories and the information you need to create a counseling practice that you absolutely love, that leaves you happy, and that keeps you out of trouble. Today, we're going to be talking about one of the things that gets therapists into trouble with the amazing Barbara Griswold from Navigating the Insurance Maze. She has come on before. She's provided trainings with us before, and we're going to be talking today about Treatment plans, which I know, I know, I know you want to just skip over this podcast episode. You want to go to the next thing because you don't do treatment plans. It's not a thing. Listen to this. It's really important. 10 minutes can make a huge difference in you getting paid and in your clients' lives. So stay with me. All right, Barbara, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm so glad that you're here. Okay, so I'm just going to, I'm going to start by self-disclosing this piece. When I went through school, I remember them talking vaguely about treatment plans, sort of, kind of, you know, goals versus objectives. I think we had to like write some things up in like our, our counseling program. And then when I got into my actual like practicum placements, it was a whole different experience. And I kind of had this experience where I would like write up these treatment plans. We would spend a whole session creating this treatment plan in the way that I was described, right? And you ignore it, right? And then, yeah, and then my client would be like, I don't want to do that. And you're like, okay, do I go back to the treatment plan or like, what do I do? And so as a client-centered therapist who I was working with people that were in trauma, that were in crisis and like, here's life happening. So it was always this tension between like, what is the client needing? And then this, this process. And so then even as I went into private practice and I came up with my process, it was more about like the way that I wrote it up was within the documentation, um, kind of as part of the notes, but not as a separate standing, standing document. And so it's just been this, like, I would never, if somebody was like, Hey, teach me how to do a treatment plan. I would be like, I'm not your girl. Like I don't think I, don't think, I, like, I know what I did. I'd rather do that. I could teach you so many things clinically. I could teach you so many things yeah, business wide. Yeah. But if somebody said, "Miranda, teach me how to do a treatment plan," I'd be like, "No, I don't. I wouldn't trust me." Yeah, <laughs> but see, what you're saying is the same thing that's happened is through our graduate education and even afterwards we were always taught all this clinical stuff and it was always at the mercy of, or the sacrificing that we were taught all this practical um, things that need to happen to either sustain our practice or to work with insurance or to um, do the financial side. So, so often like people will have a, there aren't many selections out there of training in the practical side of building up the business side of the practice and, and things like documentation. This is the stuff that isn't sexy. It's not fun. We would rather go into an EMDR conference or something and learn a new <laughs> clinical skill. That sounds cool. Yes. Um, 
that appeals to us. But the, you know, I hope that you will take advantage, everyone listening to these kind of trainings that that uh, Zanimi is offering, in terms of, hey, we need to learn some practical skills, not only to keep our doors open, uh, but to protect ourselves, learn documentation. Um, these things, if we can learn how to do them quickly and efficiently, can really, really help you not only provide better services, but to cover you legally, ethically, against yourself in a complaint. And we'll talk more about this, you know, with insurance plans to make sure you hold on to every dollar that you deserve and don't have to give any back because your yes. documentation isn't good enough. I think there's also this other place too. And, and whether it's fear, like you, you mentioned several things. You know, if there's ever complaint at the board, if um, insurance companies ever deny you payment or insurance companies come back and ask for payment back that they've already given you or, you know, all of these places, I think all of those things, like when we're unsure of our documentation, right, which includes our treatment plans, then we're carrying this kind of fear and anxiety. Yes. Like we're carrying, it's kind of almost like, um, even when you're like driving down the road, you're on the freeway, you're going the speed limit, and then you see a law enforcement officer and you're like, wait, do I have everything Yay. together? <laughs> like, am I, and you check, am I going the right speed limit? Did I, does my registration sticker on? Like you kind yeah. of go through this middle checklist and you're like, okay, I'm good. And you settle yourself, right? But I think in many cases, we kind of think about this or we hear stories and we go, you kind of go through the little checklist. You're like, I have no clue if I'm good. I'm pretty sure I'm not. I'm just well, really hoping that nobody ever looks at my stuff. Exactly. And that's that's not something we want to be carrying around the, I hope no one ever looks at my charts. That if you are saying that to yourself, which most of us are, unfortunately, um, that is that is not a place you want to be living, number one. Um, and I, I have to say, it just breaks my heart every day. I get phone calls from people saying, oh, my gosh, I got an audit request from an insurance plan or something. And I haven't done notes. I have uh, missing notes. They're very superficial. Um, I know my notes won't pass muster. They're terrified. The level of panic in these therapists just kills me. And I, I just, so I hope that you guys will be proactive and say, I want my notes to be in a place and my documentation, including treatment plans, to be in a place where if I got that phone call or if I got that request, I'm just like, yeah, this sucks, but... I'm totally comfortable, right? Yeah. I know. I, hey, I've been going the speed limit. I, I can do my Exactly. I have at it. Take my file. I don't care. I have nothing to lose because I feel really comfortable with that. So that's where we want to get everyone to that place. I think that's the other part too is, you know, insurance companies are for the most part for-profit institutions, right? It's kind of this different space. And we, we can think of them in lots of different ways, but they're looking to make a profit that's what matters. There are people who, yeah. you know, invest, they have investors, they have other people where there's like, here's what the return, this is how many billions, billions of dollars, the insurance companies collectively in the United States made more money than Amazon <laughs> in 2020, during a global pandemic. But, right? but, but I want to be sure that people are, are getting that a lot of people are like, I don't need to know about treatment plans or documentation, because I don't work with insurance. And that is such a myth. Number one, almost all of us have some clients who are submitting a super bill to their insurance. As soon as your client submits a super bill or a statement, whatever you want to call it, to their insurance, 
that insurance plan has the right, many people don't know this, to ask for your notes, your treatment plans. They could call you up and do a clinical review. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's a lot of question about whether we have the right to refuse that. Well, if your client says, no, I want you to do this, basically, you, that's their medical chart. You don't get to say no. Uh, yeah. you, that's really up to them to release or not to release. So you are the custodian of their medical chart. And if your chart sucks and that yeah. client doesn't get paid or reimbursed because of you, this is an ugly situation that you don't want to have. So we all need to be keeping our notes in an excellent condition, no matter how our clients are paying. And I think that's something. I, I, think, I think people don't realize too, and not most clients will just say, all oh, that sucks. Insurance companies suck. But there's going to be a certain amount of clients will say, hey, wait, the insurance company is saying that you didn't provide me good treatment. Now I'm going to come back and either ask for my money back or I'm going to make a board complaint saying, hey, you don't know how to do your job because this, this should be really clear that I was in need of these services. Like, yeah. But I went and looked at my records and, and they were incomplete. This doesn't seem like a professional did this. Well, and I've had ones that had nothing to do with insurance where the client filed a complaint and the board asked for the, you know, notes mm -hmm. and, and this uh, therapist asked for my help in kind of fighting this complaint. Her license actually got taken away because her notes were not there to support that she had provided care. quality of care. Yeah. Her notes were too superficial. They didn't defend that she had handled a very difficult, you know, client in a certain way or done this or done that or what the client had said. And, um, you know, so all of these things, your, your licensing board, if you forget the insurance plans, your licensing board will expect you to have a treatment plan. So if we're going back to treatment plans. And I think it's interesting too, because I, I could just imagine there's also therapists out there be like, this is why I just want to go into coaching or whatever, you know, like, like we want to run from these conversations. We want to run from the hard things. And I think it's so important that we sit and breathe into why this feels hard, because even if you were a coach, yeah, there's no licensing board, but people can still take you to court and say, you didn't do the things that you said you do in your contract. And they would go and look at your documentation to see if you did it. Like, this is not specific to it. Like the way we're talking about is kind of specific to therapy. But when you take away this and you move into something else, there's still a standard of care, no matter what kind of service you're providing. Right. And I think we get very nervous, like it seems so overwhelming, yeah. but I feel like in, in my uh, webinars, I'm able to help people make this not feel so overwhelming. There is a structure. You can do it quickly. You can figure out how to sum up a 50 minute session quickly in a progress note. And once you kind of get the hang of it, Again, it can just be the part of your job that you don't have to love it. But, yeah. you know, there's going to be parts of your job that you love, hopefully, working with clients. Yeah. And this is the less happy part of your job, but that you do it and you get it done quickly and you yeah. check that checkbox and it doesn't have to be so stressful. That's the yeah. point. And one of the that. things we're going to be doing at our, at our Zinimi webinar is talking about how to dash off those treatment plans, get them done. You don't have to love them. You don't even have to believe in them. You know, I've done surveys about, you know, most of us don't find them helpful, don't think that we have time for them. We're what not sure. What is it? Like you said, like when you surveyed therapists, yeah. How many of them just straight up said they do not do treatment plans? Uh, only 37% said that they do that for all clients. So 63% of therapists were like, 
yeah, that's not standard practice for me. I'm not doing it. You know, everyone, yeah, you some, know, some of them said they were doing it for some clients, but uh-huh. uh, 37% only saying for all my clients, I take it. I do this. So if you don't do this for everybody, don't feel ashamed. You are in the majority. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, certainly, I certainly never did it throughout my practice for all my clients. And, yeah. you know, I, I'm not going to to actually convey how few of them I did it for. But <laughs> what's happened is since I started 32 years ago, they have become more and more and more important by insurance plans. They are Insurance plans are requesting them more often. Licensing boards are looking for them more often. So they've become, unfortunately, more asked for. I don't want to say they're more important. To me, I think of them as very low priority but to... In terms of what's in them, but I know how to dash them out really quickly. And that's what I want to teach you guys is how to dash them out quickly, but they're going to meet the insurance plans requirements. There's common mistakes that people make that we'll be talking about that get your treatment plans to blow up everything for you and could even lead to an insurance clawback because your, everything else could be great. Your progress notes could be great and your treatment plans suck. And if, if that's, that could be enough to them say, hey, we don't think that your treatment plans were good enough and we're, we want to ask for money back or we, mm. want, we won't pay for these sessions. Which is so frustrating because insurance companies, and, and not in every state, but a, around, the, a, around the country sometimes, can some of them are reimbursing at like already kind of poverty levels. Like it's really hard. Oh, yeah. Like if you're in LA, you're being reimbursed at a poverty level. Like you can, like you have three roommates <laughs> in a two bedroom house. Right. Like, like you're, you're struggling if you're in LA doing reimbursement. And then somebody says, oh, and by the way, your paycheck for the last three months, I need you to give it back. And you're like, there's nothing to give back or, you know, hey, your paycheck for the next three months we're not going to pay you. I mean, I don't want keeping that back. Oh, that there's especially online on Facebook. And I hate to, you know, if you were to go into one of these Facebook groups of therapists, it seems like clawbacks and clawbacks when the insurance company asks for money back, it seems like they happen every day to every person, which they don't, they're, they're enormously rare, but they happen. And, you know, my job is to help you get to a place where you don't care if they ask for your notes and you're bulletproofed against these if they happen. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, you want to just be scared enough so that you're motivated to do good notes. Yeah. But you don't want to get overwhelmed so that you go, oh, I can't work with insurance. I, I'm i so frightened that, about what to write in my notes that I don't write them. So sometimes we go to the opposite direction of being so frightened yeah. that we say, I'm going to become a coach, like you said. <laughs> And again, let me go work at Starbucks. I'll get better benefits. (laughs) Yeah. And I hear that a lot. People are getting very stressed out about uh, working with insurance or just doing their documentation. You know, I hear more and more people saying I'm really behind, but um, should we talk about, let's talk about this part. Like, can we, I know we're going to dive into all the details in the free training on September 1st. Um, you can go check it out on, at zanime.com, y'all. It's going to come with templates and we're going to be diving in. There'll be some time for Q&A. If you yeah. haven't been to a training with Barbara before, her trainings are amazing. <laughs> she really, truly like takes these complex things and just simplifies them down. It's real world. She's someone who's in practice, seeing clients and doing this and helping therapists through all of these dynamics. I feel like 
Yeah, let me so let me say people. a word. Let me say a word about the templates too. These are yeah. this training. I gave out probably the most cool templates because I'm going to give you a blank treatment plan template where then I'm going to show you it filled out for someone who has anxiety and I'm going to show you it for someone who has depression and you get to take those home as handouts um, so that you can use them in your practice the next day. We all know that anxiety and depression are probably the most common things we see. Yeah. So you could practically copy these guys. Like maybe yeah. you add, change a few words. Of course you make it client centered, but um, this is going to make your job much faster when you go to write them. You can just even use the templates yourself, use them digitally, use them by hand, whatever way you want to. Yeah. So then I have a couple other handouts I might give besides the slide handout. So for that price alone, you know, for that alone, you should, you should attend. <laughs> for, the, for the, and we, and we know, like, it's a free training, but it, we know that your time is really valuable. We know that this is one of those things where you're like, I don't know if about the rest of you, but for the last couple of years, I felt like I can't take on one more thing. Like, exactly. I'm just kind of like, I'm just kind of getting by and I'm doing my best. But, yeah. You know, take an hour out, show you how to do these treatment plans in 10 minutes. I think. That's another thing too. I, I know it made a big difference when I was really working on my documentation and I started creating different templates for myself, not to copy and paste every documentation right. piece of it, right. but what, for the things that were like, oh, we reviewed A, B, C, D, E, F, G, because I had a whole script basically for the first session. The fact that I didn't have to retype that every time then mm. allowed me to personalize the rest of mm. it, mm -hmm. right? And so I think that idea too of like, hey, if you're working with trauma all the time to have a basic treatment plan for trauma and to be able to then personalize it for the person, if you're dealing with behavioral disturbances with kids to have a basic treatment plan for that and then to be able to customize it versus feeling like you're starting from scratch we every should, time. We should probably define what a treatment plan is. Yes, let's talk about we it. Because not everybody knows that. And it's fine because most, again, most of us didn't get training in, and sometimes we confuse it with what's a progress note and what's a treatment plan and how is that. So when we're talking about treatment plans, uh, what I'm talking about is that it, it's like an overall map of where you intend to go in therapy. So it's usually devised uh, after the first session, you've met with a client, you've talked to them for 50 or 60 minutes, whatever. And maybe you do it a little bit later, but usually it's after the first session, you're going to get a very tentative idea of what that client wants to work on, what you think they need to work on, what your diagnosis is, and uh, where you think you're probably going to be going in terms of your interventions. Very mm -hmm. rough. Mm -hmm. Now, the way that I liken it is, it's like if you're in California and you know you're going to drive you sit down and you talk to somebody and they say, I want to end up in New York City. Okay, we got a goal here. Now you kind of map out, I think on the way we'll stop here and here and here, and maybe we'll take Route 66. And that's my attempt to approach this, tr this trip that we're going to take. Now, will that change along the way as you get more information? Yes. So it's okay that it's fluid. It's okay. You're not locked into the diagnosis. You're not locked into Route 66 because it maybe you're traveling along the way and you realize, oh, Route 66 blocked. Okay, we're going to take a NIF different. So it's okay to be fluid and don't think of it as you're locked into these things. You can add goals. You can subtract goals. You can achieve goals along the way. And your diagnosis may change. So, But you need to have something at the start of treatment to say, 
hey, okay, we are agreeing to go on this trip together mm-hmm. and that we have kind of an idea of where we're traveling and where, where we want to go and that you've tuned in enough to the client's um, goals. So, yes. I, I think that that piece that you've tuned, I think this is the other place. It can be an area for attunement. It ha- can and, be. And there's a lot of therapists that I have said, hey, tell me about like, what do your clients say? And they're like, oh, I don't know. I'm like, go back and look, what did they say it looked like? And then to be able to check in from an out, because we've done these trainings on outcomes conversations and people often don't go back to, hey, when you came in, yes, you said you wanted this. Yeah. It's been three months. How are we doing? We are going to do talk about that. And we're going to talk about, um, yeah, I don't remember what the other thing I was going to say, but yeah, that, <laughs> checking in on their goals is really important. And um, getting some We'll talk about the positives of treatment plans, even though I, sh- yeah. you know, poo-poo them. Getting a client kind of buy-in, it can build rapport. It can build build a sense of accomplishment. It can build a sense of that you guys are together working on something. Yeah. And sometimes I've added goals that the client did not come in with. You know, mm-hmm. I've had clients come in with and say, I'll, I'll ask them how they're sleeping. And they'll say, oh, I... I I don't sleep. That's I've been doing that all my life, four hours of sleep, but that's not normal for me. And I'll be like, but how would you feel about adding, you know, sleeping to our goal list here? Because I think that might be affecting your overall mood that you are getting four hours of sleep a night. So, you know, you being able to add some things and maybe make some interventions around sleeping could really, so it's a, it's a kind of a thing you build together, I think, yeah. and it can be really positive. I think this is the other part too. I, I, I think of myself personally, when I've talked with people, friends, right, that are not therapists, just regular people who are in therapy, how often do I hear from that person saying, I think therapy is helping, but I don't really understand why. And I'm not sure where we're going. Like, it, it's not really clear. And of course, my response is always like, hey, talk to them, ask them, say, yeah. hey, I'm not sure where this is going. This is how I'm feeling. I, this is super normal. It's super normal to feel that way. Absolutely. All these things, but also like you should feel good about having these conversations. I think there is something beautiful about a treatment plan sitting there so that you do like check in on it and say, hey, we talked about this. Is this still here's the place? And clients don't always see their progress. Sometimes I say, okay, it's been six months or whatever. Let's go back to what you said the first day. Are you still experiencing that? I don't even remember feeling that way or wow, I really have made a lot of progress in that area. And it's suddenly you see them sitting higher in the chair and they're like proud of themselves or you reflect back to them. You know, I've seen you be much more assertive in this way with that person and this way. And they're like, you know, that's true. So sometimes just doing a little check-in with the initial goals can be a super so powerful, especially if they're at a plateau in therapy. <laughs> <laughs> I think. I think anytime. I think it's. I. Yes. I yeah. I'm willing to stand on this. Every therapist should be doing this every three months with every client. Period. End of story. And and, and it's not that your and therapist will say, "Oh, I don't want to use up their session for this." No. I pinky promise. They love. They it. love those sessions. Like they absolutely love them. I they love being asked. Therapist. Typically, they love, love being asked. And if you're really open to it, if you ask things like, "Is there anything that I could be doing differently?" Yes. To um, do you think that there's your what is what is the thing that I'm giving you that you're 
liking the most? Is there other things that I'm not giving you that you might want more of or less of? Yeah. What are the things you're liking the least that I'm giving you? You know, being able for them to be bold enough to say, well, I, I kind of wish you would assign me more books to read, or I kind of don't like that you give me homework because I just want to come in here and talk. Oh, cool. Like, thank you yeah. so much for telling me that, or that really helps me get to know what you need from me. It, it's just a really moment. Well, and what is it doing? It's giving them the skills that we're trying to get them to use outside, exactly. which is to have these conversations, right? They're coming in yeah. and saying, yeah. read this text chain and tell me what to do with this person. Yeah. And like, what would it look like for you to ask for what you need, to tell them what you're not, to set some boundaries, to be curious, to be loving, you know, what would that look like? So there's so much that happens in terms of we're actually like giving them this reparative experience and giving them a template that they can use with their kids and their boss yeah. and their yeah. partners and all these things. So it's such good stuff, <laughs> y'all. So we're going to be digging into this. I don't want to go because I know we can't do it. And you guys are going to want to do the slides and the templates and all those pieces. I would love for those of you who are listening to the podcast today, we would love to hear your stories about treatment plans. Like, share it. You can go and comment on the, where we do the little blog post or what have you at Zinni Me, but come and bring your treatment plan questions, bring your horror stories, bring your success stories, bring your stuff and let's dig in and let's make sure that this is easier, that we're all protected. And I know you said, Barbara, like this isn't just about insurance companies and it's, and it's not, but I don't want any great therapist to get any amount of money clawed back from another insurance company ever again. Like, I don't, I don't think it's great. I don't want any therapist who's a good therapist to be fearful of what's happening with a board complaint. I want us all to be sitting in confidence, knowing that we know how to do our job. We're deeply connected with clients, our documentation is on play. And then we can just like take that weight off of our shoulders. Yes, yes. And I'm going to talk. About, I'm going to be talking about something. Here's here's a little. Um, what do we call it? Uh, teaser. Little teaser. Um, <laughs> I'm going to be talking about the three uh, reasons why your treatment plan could lead to trouble. So well, let's let's give one of them so they don't feel like if they're like listening. Like what, what's <laughs> what's one quick one of which we'll dig dig into more during the during the place. Um. The number one reason that I would say uh, um, is that the treatment plan goals are not what they would call medically necessary, which we're going to mm -hmm. talk a lot more. Basically, they're either personal growth oriented, mm -hmm. but not really addressing a, the diagnosis or the symptoms. And I'll give some examples. Um, or they're just, um, I've seen ones that are like, goal, um, build rapport with client, uh, create safe place for client. That's not a goal for where are we driving, right? I'm not telling yeah. them my our intention is to drive to New York. That's like, oh, the car has air conditioning. You know, they don't want to know that what your conditions are therapy that you're going to create. That's yeah. assumed. So we don't yeah. want create safe space. Yeah. We don't want build rapport. Uh, so that's those type. We also don't want, and this is the one that kills us because we say it all the time, uh, build clients, self, client will have higher self-esteem. We oh. don't want things that are, uh, insurance plans don't cover higher <laughs> self-esteem. No, it needs to care. be, or client will have more meaning in their life. 
first of all, these things are not measurable, you know, um, and, or, you know, it would be hard to measure, let's put it that way. So they want ones that are measurable, but they also want ones that are just not about personal growth or a client will be able to talk to husband better. Probably wouldn't like that one as your main goals. They want to see things like client will be less depressed. Client will be less anxious. So yeah, go. Yeah. You're, we're gonna, I'm going to teach you to go right to the diagnosis. And then in some ways, your treatment plan is going to write itself because <laughs> if this is their diagnosis, then this is their first goal is to reduce that. <laughs> <laughs> the other right? one. So certain ones are just going to, this is going to be easier than you think, probably. You know, if client's main symptom is insomnia, goal number one is to reduce insomnia. You know, not like. Yeah. You know, definitely we're, we're going to avoid things like help client explore feelings. I would we're going to work so. through clients and, and maybe the client says like, hey, I'm having this existential crisis. These three people just died in my life. I don't know what what's what life it means to me anymore. And it just and, and what's it doing? It's keeping me up at night. Cool. You have insomnia. <laughs> Let's talk about that. And maybe what needs well, to happen for you to go to sleep at night is to work through these existential crises. But ultimately, what that doesn't go on the treatment plan. That doesn't go on the treatment plan. There's the the, what you know we're working on. And then there's the treatment plan, which is (laughs) what are the symptoms that I'm trying to help this client reduce and grief. It's okay to talk about that. You're going to process, help them process grief in some manner and that certain symptoms of grief are going to be. So that's fine. That's, that's medically necessary enough. But we don't want to keep it not so vague and not so um, just personal growth oriented uh, or just I want to learn about my mom and how whether she really loved me or not. That's great. But again, if you're working with insurance, they ain't going to cover that. So well, and if if there is a possibility that someone is going to send this information off to for whatever, like, is that going to work with the board? right? We want to make sure that place and even if it's, hey, you know what, it's I'm not working with insurance. What does it mean to have a V code, right? To have a v, relational v code. code. They're, they're Z codes now. Jeez, oh, Louise. I'm, I'm so <laughs> old, Barbara. <laughs> I'm like, my brain is still like, so um, in so there. Z codes are like parent child problem or uh, yes. partner problems to, with your significant other. To be able or, to say, hey, here's a Z code. And here's what their their gaff is, or what, do they have a different gaff now? Probably. They don't have gaffs anymore. They don't have gaffs. What do they have? What's the new thing? They Nothing. Don't. There's no f- assessment of functioning. No, you no, you can use other things, but there's not one that's built in. Oh, there's not a built in one or whatever. Yeah. So yeah. you know, hey, here's the Z code. Here's what a person their level of functioning is. They're really struggling. They're not getting to work. They've taken 10 days off in the last three months. They're out of sick time. You know, like let's give them some specifics on there, even if we don't say it's not depression or whatever, but give them something and then let's dig in and and be clear. Yay. Well, I'm so excited. So check it out. And if you have not gone to Barbara's website and gotten on her email address or her email newsletter, like honestly, she has like, there's two newsletters. I'm like, these are ones to read. Her is one. <laughs> Actually, I like person-centered tech too. And yeah. then I like Melvin Varghese, right? And I'm not saying there's not other great newsletters, but like these are probably my top three that, that I look at 
after, you know, 20 years of all of this stuff that can I, I name, like, can I name my website? Yes. Oh. The whole domain. It's the insurance maze dot com so the don't forget the word the or the insurance maze.com yes so go and get on her email newsletter it is absolutely worth it if there are any trainings that you see that you're like is this worth going to the training if it's with barbara it is worth going to that training. Uh-huh. Like, <laughs> period end of story and I yeah just go to my store page and you'll see all my trainings and yeah, she does you know. she does amazing things and again um, like you're one of our highest rated speakers that we've, we've oh, ever brought in. Like people just so nice. adore you because you give them real information and help them go, okay, it doesn't have to be scary. I can figure this out. It's going to be okay. And no, um, yeah, I like yeah. to, I like, I've been there. I, you know, after 32 years doing therapy, I've made every mistake that you guys have, or actually many, many more probably than most of you have. So it's just really nice to be able to turn around and hope, try to help you keep from making those mistakes. <laughs> so that's my goal. I love it. I love it. All right. Until next time, y'all just remember that you are needed. Um, you are loved, you are special, you are the person that is meant to be doing the work that you're doing. And whatever you need to be able to do that with just ease and grace, um, there is support out there for you. Okay, you are needed, you're needed, you're needed. And see you at the training, y'all. Bye. I hope you loved today's episode. If you're a therapist who's tired of those long hours, low pay and constantly battling burnout, Don't forget our free video training designed just for you on how to build and grow a sustainable, profitable solo or group practice. Head over to zinnime.com slash podcast to check it out today. Until next time.